0: Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest who is actually the founder of the biggest travel community in the world, Couchsurfing.com. And we have the pleasure of interviewing Casey Fenton about the Couchsurfing story, everything from the very foundational stages to the growth stage to where Couchsurfing is today and where it's going into the future. So super excited about uh, this interview because I have been a couch surfer myself, couch surfing in over uh, 50 different places around the world. So I'm super excited to uh, meet, connect with, and learn from the founder himself. So Casey, uh, to start off with, why don't we get to know you a little bit better if you want to share a little bit more about yourself for the people who are listening and viewing. Sure, thanks Ricky, pleasure to be here, um, great show and a uh, great topic.
1: So, uh, yeah, a little bit about me, um, boy, There's a few things I could say, but I, I pretty in, in, for this, the purposes of this interview, I'd say you know, I was born an introvert, kind of a quiet kind of kid, grew up in a small town in Brownfield, Maine, just a thousand people lived there, and um, it wasn't until ninth grade, in high school history class, we studied the classic philosophers, and suddenly I was just awakened. Uh, to this thought of that I was wondering, do we have free will? We studied classic philosophers and this question came up and I, I started thinking, do I have free will and will I stay in this small town forever? And so I set, set my, basically my life's purpose at that point, I guess, has become you know, discovering what should I be doing with my life? What is a great life to have for me um, or people in general maybe? And how do I go about discovering and, and creating that That life. So, that I would say is like if if I had to say what's my core, what's my essence, that's kind of it. And um, I at at that point I I think I started traveling the world. Yeah, I I came up with this. this, uh, I said, oh, can I use a scientific method? And I said, if I have if I could use intensity, diversity, and frequency of experiences, those are my dimensions that I'm kind of measuring, then. That might be good. I might start to learn something about the world. I might start to fill in my blind spots. Know what I don't. You know, learn what I don't know, uh, and that served me well. It allowed me to start to buy plane tickets to random parts of the world, and um, instead of just wandering the streets, uh, um, uh, kind of alone and just wondering, like you know, as the introvert, why those people look really cool. I wish I could talk to them. Um, I started thinking about. Uh, what would it be like to build a website because I was already building websites at that time Build a website where you could actually talk to these people. It seems so interesting, but I'm just too afraid uh, And so instead uh, so couchsurfing was born but Does that give you is that kind of the, the a little bit of the background you're looking for?
0: Yeah, yeah, so you had the idea of couchsurfing uh, you know to connect people around the world and uh, to allow uh, people to have a place to stay uh, for free, uh, you know in exchange for cultural dialogue in um, connection. Tell us a little bit about from uh, how you went from the idea to actually the formation of uh, this massive network that you build up.
1: Sure, so I uh, came up with the idea in 1999, registered the domain, I was, Like super psyched about the idea, think about it all the time, think about it like you know, laying in bed at night, in the shower, you know, uh, but it talked to, it talked to shared it with friends and some friends said that's a great idea and other people said that's a horrible idea. So I knew it was very polarizing and I thought that's interesting, so, but time went by and I didn't work on it. And actually, I worked on it a little bit in 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003. Finally, 2003, I said, I'm going to stop everything I'm doing. I need to find out if there is something here. So I just put everything I could on hold. I just kind of pulled myself up in, in um, my, uh, the place I was living in Alaska at the time. And it was summer and all kinds of great things are happening. But I just kept programming and trying to ignore the world. And I launched it at the, in, in the beginning of 2003. And, um, and programmed it over 2003 but when I first launched it I, it, it was a closed network, Everybody, the crazy people are gonna don't let, don't let the crazy people in, it has to be referral only well with a referral only network it, it didn't you know the viral loop and, and the viral coefficient for a referral only network is pretty low uh, so it, it, we had hundred people sign up in the first year and so there has to be a way to fix this so I decided in 2004 let's open it up but we'll solve the problem of the crazy people, whoever those people are, uh, to, but we'll have a network within a network. We'll have the vouching network, and that's where vouching came from. I said, you know, the core network, I could vouch for somebody, or the, some of the core admins at the time could vouch for people, and then they, they would vouch for people, and then so you'd have this vouched network within the open network. Anybody could join the open network, but then, you know, as you build trust, you can join the uh, more closed vouching network. So with every problem, is like with enough creativity, there's a solution. Um everybody' needs that.
0: I, I was actually one of the early adopters. then uh, I would say uh, I started couch surfing back in t- uh, two thousand and four. Uh, and like I said at the beginning, I've over ah uh, couch surfed in over fifty uh, couches, uh, not countries, f- uh, fifty countries, but about fifty couches roughly. Uh, and I've had some amazing experiences everything from uh gay nudists that was a really fun story when i showed up there and they were walking around nude in the buff and i'm a straight guy and uh it was a really awkward but it was a fun experience so one of the highlights of my couch surfing days I stayed with yeah. I stayed with Mormon missionaries who had the Book of Mormon everywhere, and they actually took me to the Mormon uh, temple, the temple of Latter Day Saints, and they kept trying to convert me the whole time I was there. I actually stayed with Rastafarian uh, Rastafarian as well, where the whole place smelled like pot, and uh, my, everything I was wearing <laughs> ended up smelling of, uh, uh, you know, Mary J. as well. So that was an interesting experience. And then I had some phenomenal experiences, like uh, staying in a mansion in L.A. in a in a bedroom overlooking, um, you know downtown LA that was amazing And it was called I mean it's called couchsurfing uh, but a lot of the times I actually had um, you know uh, not just a couch but I had my own bed uh, sometimes even my own bedroom so ha- I- I've had some tr- tremendous uh, tremendous couchsurfing experiences and I know literally millions I think there's 10 million plus people on the network who've had these amazing experiences just like me I, I would love to hear uh, Casey about uh, some of your own Couchsurfing experiences, do you have any lowlights or highlights that you want to share with the audience?
1: Sure, I mean, they've all been great so far. Um, I've even tried to couchsurf so that people didn't even know that I was one of the founders, and that's been great too. Uh, for, for instance, um, one time I went couchsurfing uh, near Verona in, in Italy and went and stayed on the edge of it, like an, an olive farm. Uh, I got to stay in an old you know, house that's like three, four, five hundred years old and um, just got to just enjoy that kind of way of life. That was pretty amazing. Uh, another time, I got to go. I, I flew to the end of the world to go couch surf the most northern couch in North America. I went to Barrow, Alaska. Uh, I took my friend, who a good friend, who's a couch surfer and a photographer as well. And it was April, and it was like negative five or ten degrees below zero, uh, and Fahrenheit. So that's pretty pretty damn cold. And we got to experience. That Arctic way, with the with the local Inuit Eskimo folks, and um, that was fun. And we got to play a round of golf, snow golf, on a lake up there, uh, and that was great. Um, recently, I couch surfed in uh, Easter Island, and um, that was really cool. Stayed with uh, some guys there, and like I just did, I had somebody I went with another couch surfers so I, I often will just have them send the couch request, so it, it becomes like more authentic for me that way. I think it's pretty fun. Um, the people ask, sometimes ask me is it weird traveling and then people know your founder. Not really, like the conversation might be the same for the first five, ten minutes, but then it's just totally different. Everybody is so diverse. Uh, and, and so I just always enjoy it. It's, and, and I don't feel like I get special treatment or anything like that. It feels like really authentic. I'm just very pleased that couchsurfing exists and you can go couchsurf any day of the week. Uh, it's just so great. Uh, and, like um, recently at recently in Newfoundland. That was fun uh, and I got to go stay with these philosophy students and we went under this bar that's like under the street and it's like all dark and smoky and kindle candlelit, and talked about free will and determinism for like hours on end. Uh, that was really cool. Uh, but, so I mean, you know, lots of couch experience all over the place. Um, it's quite a ride. Uh, you asked earlier though about like how did it, how did it grow um, and I, I didn't fill that part in so maybe I should just add that real quick uh first year in 2004 we had about 6000 and then about um maybe 20 or 30000 after that and then it was basically tripling every year for quite a while it was like you know 90000 then like 100000 uh and then it was like 800000 or 900000 then it was like a million then it was like 3 million and then it kind of started to level off and now it's you know it's basically like adding a, a few million every year um consistently and so it's been um yeah, just just been powerful. Watching all that growth, trying to keep the servers up. Uh, I'm a computer programmer, so I spent you know five six years just in the innards of the, you know, having programming all this stuff. And uh, back then, you couldn't. There weren't like all these libraries and things you could just plug in, and all these services. You had to program everything yourself. Kind of like I feel like an old man saying, back in the day, haha.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, so you, you've talked about the growth, uh, you know, from a few hundred to a few thousand uh, to hitting a million, two million, three million, and uh, now up to ten. Tell us about uh, uh, some of the struggles and challenges, uh, because sometimes you don't hear that in a startup or in a business uh, journey. We would love to hear some of the struggles that you faced uh, as the, the founder of house in those early formative years. Sure, well, um, I think some of, the,
1: some of the struggles were just, do we have enough cash to keep the servers going? Can we optimize the servers such that they don't use enough processing power that they need more servers? That we could just try to just constantly try to tweak and tune and tune and tune. We kept the you know up to I think about five million members. We were able to keep it down to you know like 20 servers or so. That was pretty that's pretty that was that was a big challenge right there. Um, Also, safety safety is a huge challenge. I gotta keep keep everyone safe, and so it's just a never ending um, cat and mouse game. Sometimes we're trying to find, you know, people that you know want to pre- behave in weird ways and uh, try to exclude them. So that, you know, that's always a challenge, huge challenge. Um, other huge challenges are we were a, a non-profit when I first started it just because I thought I, I started a for-profit in my previous company. Why don't I start this as a non Could be cool. Could be fun. But I kind of made a mistake in that in the state of New Hampshire where I was from, um, they didn't really see internet companies as... Um, nonprofits like maybe hospital, church, soup kitchen that's a nonprofit, but internet website where people stand each other's couches that doesn't seem like a nonprofit. So we argued with the IRS for five years trying to get 501c3. We spent half a million dollars probably on, on uh, legal fees trying to make that happen, and finally they were just like, There's no way you're not going to be at 501c3. It's about we see couch surfing as about saving money, not as about cultural exchange. If you want it to be a cultural exchange, you've got to, you've got to be picking who's going to stay with who, and um, and then they've got to write essays about how they had cultural exchange. It's like, oh god, that's not going to work. We have couch surfers or dog, and I want that. That's not going to work at all that's until they get the model. So we said, fine, okay, we are not going to argue with you anymore. We're just losing time and money doing this, so we have to convert. That was one of the hardest things. I had to do it ever in my life because you know, after talking with the community and talking about you know, being a nonprofit and then having to convert to a for-profit, that's not a fun message at all. Oh my God. So I you know, did my best travel the world. Uh, did my best to make it all work. be um, still here. Yay. So I think it's working. Uh, we got a lot of investors involved, and you know investors are uh, pretty awesome, uh, yeah, they were the, and they can have challenges too. You know, it's like if so many cooks in the kitchen, it can be, um, you know, there's always you know, different people thinking different things, and you. This and you need, needs a lot of diplomacy to to figure that out. So learned a lot there. Um, let's see what other what other important lessons have I learned? Um, yeah, I say that it it really comes down. I kind of learned this when I worked in Alaska politics back in the day too. That it's it like sometimes I used to think life might must be like a series of gears, and you know it's like the, the political machine. You, you, Must be this kind of gear thing, and it must behave in very specific, you know, definable ways. But what I've learned is that people and their preferences—that's what it's all about. People, people and their preferences—they control the, the, you know, whether a gate will open or close for you. So um, it just really shows you how much emotional intelligence, how much caring about other people, taking genuine interest in other people—that stuff really matters. So uh, I think that is. One of the biggest challenges, especially for me and maybe other techie, nerdy people, you're, you know, that maybe that maybe that's not your go-to. Um, it's maybe hard to go to access that place, so, you know, the more you learn about that and the more you practice and exercise that muscle, I think the more it serves.
0: Uh-oh, I think you're on mute. Uh, uh, yeah, Casey, uh, so tell us about uh, where is the current reality of Couchsurfing. You said you had at about uh, 10 million or so. And uh, tell us about where Couchsurfing is now, and uh, I would love to hear about the future as well. Sure. Yeah, we've, we've uh, streamlined Couchsurfing, we've
1: rebuilt the code base so that the website's you know a lot more efficient and faster, modernized. Uh, we have um, you know, built up the mobile apps, they're working pretty good. And so, um, I feel like CalTrophy is cruising, and now we have a, a small team of real expert folks, and we hired a, a new CEO. It seems he's, he's working out really well, and um, they're just, you know, slowly, you know, you know getting in there and, and improving, and every, you know, every, every, um, every month, there's, like, some other improvement that is meaningful. So, I think that, uh, I think that things are, um, on, on, you know, looking good. There are times there where I was like, uh-oh, you know like any company of course you know there's some challenges here um, but I think the one thing that happens is when you, when you work within the Caltriffing project um, it, it really it, I think it humbles you and it softens your heart and, um, and, and it strengthens your resolve. You, you you see how much it affects people's lives and how much it matters to people you have to make it work one way or another and I, and I that certainly happened to me and I think it's happened to pretty much everybody that I know that's worked on the project from time to time over the years
0: So Casey, uh, now you actually have a new project, it's a book uh, called The Couchsurfing Story and uh, you're currently underway actually crowdsourcing uh, crowd for crowd, uh, Couchsurfing, a little bit of a tongue twister there. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, The Couchsurfing Story and the book uh, that you're currently underway publishing. Yeah, so uh, people have
1: asked me to write the story of Couchsurfing for a long time, uh, it just wasn't the right timing. And but it feels like this year, uh, this year or next year is, is the right timing now. So uh, I, I was recently introduced to the fo- the fine folks at Publishizer.com. They uh, said they would help me help me make this happen, make make this dream come true. Said so, okay, great. So they we put together a, a, a crowdfunding uh, on their platform, and so far I think we've raised about a third of our of the money we need. Um, we need to raise about twenty thousand dollars total, and then that will allow us. To get the writers, the professional writers, to pull the story together, because we already have a great outline. We have a lot of materials. We need need to do a few more interviews. That we really need a you know one at least one professional writer plus a couple others and a team to maybe volunteer some time to um, uh, to just just to pull it together. There's just a lot that needs to happen there. So uh, so that's where we're we're fundraising and crowdfunding this Um, the, the book is something i'm really proud of it's not just a story of couch thing, it's a story of um of evolution it's a story of searching it's a story of trying to figure out what you should do with your life um, it's you know we're all born into the world without um as much awareness as when we leave and we you know have a limited time here so how do you figure out what you should be doing with that time how do you figure out where your life can be best spent um, these are deep questions, and when you're born, and you, you don't know. And you, you know, like me, I start off in a small town or you, in a small community, or even in a big town, you don't know what you don't know. And so this book is dedicated to that search. It's dedicated to, uh, and it's dedicated to entrepreneurs, and it's dedicated to culture first, and dedicated to the spirit of inquiry and discovery. So um, I'm, I'm really super psyched to bring this this story to the world, and I think it's a story that is unique. And um, I'm happy to share uh, sooner going to have be able to share the outline publicly. So the, the um, URL of the, uh, to, to pre-order the book is the couchsurfingstory.com. So if you go to the couchsurfingstory.com, you can you know, see information about the book and then you can click over to um, pre-order. And I would really appreciate everybody's uh, contributions to that. Uh, be so thankful but just ever ever thankful for. Um, Anything you can do to order several copies if you can, Um, I think this will be a a, a very unique and groundbreaking book, and I hope that people will be a
0: part of it. I look forward to reading it. Uh, You know, uh, as I mentioned, I'm a big advocate of couchsurfing. I've been doing it ever since 2004, when I was actually a single backpacker in my 20s. I couchsurfed with uh, a... was saying good work, I'm high-fiving you, right on. Oh, you're high-fiving me. Yeah, Air-five, air-five. Air-five. Yeah. You know, I just want to share one story actually, uh, I think it's a good one. Uh, I actually stayed in a couch surfing friend of mine, I want to give him a shout out, his name is John John San Juan, uh, he's from Santa Monica uh, Beach in California in the US. And I stayed with him back in 2008 when I was still single. Uh, well, uh, you know fast forward here. I'm uh, currently married uh, with three young kids traveling around the world and we were in Cape Town, South Africa earlier this year in February and I actually ended up couch surfing with them again, not just as a solo backpacker, but as a family traveler. We actually, oh. obviously our family couldn't fit on one couch. So we are able to actually sleep in a spare bedroom in Cape Town and that's just my couch surfing story, and I literally have so many more. And uh, I know uh, you, you've you uh, really inspired and changed the lives of not hundreds of people, not thousands of people, not millions and millions of people, but really multi million people around the world. So I actually want to give you an Air 5 right back. <laughs> All Air 5. <laughs> Thank there you. There you go. Double, double Air 5. Uh, so Casey, I, I want to hear about uh, some of your other projects. Uh, you've already, uh, uh, you know, established Couchsurfing as a well-known brand in the travel industry, but you're yeah. also working on a couple of other projects. As we speak, you're actually Couchsurfing in your brother's place, working on another project. Uh, you know, right. uh, ironically enough, Couchsurfing over there in Mexico. Yeah. Tell us about yeah. the project that you're currently working on. Sure.
1: Well, okay. So I'm working on a couple projects. Um, when, a few years ago, when I decided to leave couchsurfing after working on couchsurfing for over ten years. You know, entrepreneurs like to work on multiple things. Um, I worked, started working on a new project called Wonder. Uh, now, Wonder is is it's all about if, so if couchsurfing is about discovering yourself and, and kind of discovering, you know, bringing the world to you and going to the world, uh, discovering the world maybe. Um, then Wonder is all about discovering yourself through the world's eyes. It's, it's kind of like an expansion of Couchsurfing in a way. So Couchsurfing is really a trust network. It's all about um, getting enough feedback so that people trust you and then they, more people open up to you and share their homes uh, with you. So that's kind of the essence of Couchsurfing. Uh, but so the essence of Wonder is getting feedback from other people so that you can understand yourself and then turn that feedback into a uh, portable reputation into universal trust. So, you yeah, know, it's, it's a pretty, it kind of gets a little heady, but because uh, we had all the Stanford and Harvard researchers and ph- philosophers and uh, um, professors working on this stuff, Cornell and whatever. Um, so, the, basically, it's 360 degree feedback on life's most important questions, average and anonymous. You get to see the average of what people say, but not the specifics of what people say. So, yeah. That, um, building that company raised $2 million so far. Such an amazing experience. I've learned so much about myself through that and seeing myself through other people's eyes. But then also just trying to figure out identity and ego and perspective and what should we measure and professional versus personal stuff. Just so much there, so dense. And then all the game mechanics of how, how do you show people information about what other people think about them but still keep them upbeat and optimistic and positive about the future. How do you deal with feedback ratios? Like, you know, positive and negative feedback ratios regulate your experience and how you experience you know, how you experience your environment in your world. Like, if you get too much negative, um, then you start to feel pretty, you know, kind of um, like you want to reject the world around you. And if you get a lot of positive, you start to hear people's feedback in a more neutral or maybe even positive way. You're like, yeah, I'm a, I'm getting a lot of positive feedback around here. So, tell me what your criticism is because I can take it. I've already. Banked a bunch of, you know, call it they call it ego banking. I've already I'm feeling pretty good about myself. So there's a lot of technology that goes in there, um, but it just learned so, I learned so much about ego and identity hacking. How can I change myself to become the person that I want to be? Which goes along with the story in the book, um, in the story of couch driving, It's like how can I learn about myself and how can I come up with a strategy to get more out of life, to to have a good life, to. Figure out, figure out how I could become the person that I want to be. How can I even figure out who I could be? So, super proud of this project. It's, it's in process right now. Um, so, but we had to, we, we, it got a little harder to raise toward the end of the year, last year. Uh, we were during the election cycle, it was very hard to raise, so we paused that project a little bit, uh, we're still doing a little work on it, but we paused until we get to a point where it's like the right time, because they say the number one predictor of success of uh, startups is timing. Timing is the number one. And we figured out we were a bit early. So uh we're gonna have to come back to that when the timing's right. Uh many people are aware China is doing this. China it has universal credit scores now, and um they're basically people can give each other feedback and then they can use that credits the the, the the feedback as reputation to you know travel further outside of the country, get loans, you know, be able to travel on fast trains, different things like that. So it's going to become I think universal reputation. Is going to become very prevalent in our future. It's going to be interesting to see how people react to this. But uh, people have seen the black the the, um, the Black Mirror episode. Um, I can't remember the name of this. I think it's episode uh, season three, episode one, um, and it was the one about the the feedback that people are getting in their phone, and they're like, "There's all that number of stars. Uh, if you if you, if I like you, I give you five stars. If, if you get lower than like four point five stars, I mean, you're going to be nobody." And you, you get to three stars and nobody will talk to you. I mean, this is a pretty dystopian view of what universal reputation is gonna look like, and I don't think that that's how it will actually look. In my, in my more utopian perspective, I think it's gonna be no one will ever want to reduce anyone to a, a single dimension. Um, each person may have different vectors that they care about, and they may look at people through different lenses, um, but I think looking at somebody through one lens, one single dimension, probably doesn't make sense. Uh, it it, it doesn't it, I don't think it's gonna be useful and nobody wants to be uh, uh, reduced to one dimension. So I can't see a future where universal reputation is one dimension at all. But when in all of the studies and all the researches research that I've done, it looks like people d- reject one dimensional like uh, uh, reputation, but multi-dimensional reputation, people like it. people like it a lot. So that's it's interesting. There is going to be a future with universal reputation, I think so that's wonder we're still working and cracking that nut. Um, and now we're probably going to build part of Wonder into Mastly, which is the next project. Um, and do you, if you interrupt me anytime, all right, just I'll just keep going.
0: Yeah, no, uh, keep going, keep going. I, I love to hear from entrepreneurs. You, you know, you shared about uh, Couchsurfing and Wonder, and now uh, take us through Mastly as well. I would love to hear more about it. Okay, so if Couchsurfing is about sharing yourself with the world,
1: and um, and Ma- and Wonder is about uh, is about understanding yourself through the world's eyes, then uh, what Masley is about is about sharing your project or sharing your passion with the world. So it's all about you know you have a project, you have you have something you're working on, you have a company, but how do you share the equity of that company with the world? It's very difficult. Um, and all of all the companies, and all the companies I built, we, we try to go share equity, and it's just hard. Like you start off where you. You know, you're founder of a company, and you're like, all right, how do I help get other people to work on this with me? And you get like the napkin, let me you know, write down on a piece of paper or napkin. I'll, I'll give you 30% and you 10% or something. And then you, or you have the handshake, I promise to hereby give you this amount, right? These are okay, but they don't, they can blow up your face, they can kill the company and often do. Uh, so I think of it as a, a continuum. So you've got the napkin handshake over here. And then you, uh, in, in somewhere here, you've got the static equity plan, which most people are used to. You go to the lawyer, you're like, hey, we want to get people like equity or something. And then the lawyer's like, yep, okay, well, I'll make something up for you. And then the lawyer creates what's called a static equity plan, a stock option plan, usually. Super complex, bunch of documents. People get to sign all these things. Do they, they don't really know what they signed, what it does, how it works, what they have, and how they might lose it or not lose it. They just, Sign it because they're like, yeah, I don't know. And then the lawyer has to manage it over the years and um, costs a lot, $10,000 a year probably, maybe. And that's just not inspiring. When I saw it, saw it in Couch when we were trying to inspire people in Couch with this, we converted a nonprofit to a for-profit as I mentioned, it just didn't really work. I thought, okay, well, you're gonna be aligned because you've got this, this equity now. And people said, I don't believe in this equity. Uh, it seems like a shell game. You're gonna, it's just gonna pull it back somehow or I'm gonna have to buy these options later. Um, and so that was just a wake up call for me. Thought the Silicon Valley model, I don't think it's working that well. People look at equity as just a, maybe it happens, maybe a nice to have later, but this is just a job really. And thanks and I'll take my paycheck and I'll see you later. Wait, you're trying to, we're trying to save the, we're trying to change the world and and do all kinds of powerful things. We have projects we really care about. How do you get people to really care? Well, power, powerful leadership is pretty much the only tool if equity is not really working. Uh, but powerful leadership is hard to find. It's, it's hard to come by. You're, you're, you're Few and far between first-time founders have that ability. Even second-time founders, I mean, it takes many times, many processes. Some people are naturally gifted, but mostly it's not. It's not the case. So
0: I got thinking about this. It has to be a way to
1: make people believe in equity. And so I started uh, researching every read every book I could on this, talking to Professionals, and over the course of years, I figured I figured out a model. I thought that it would work. Now, very you know, with all my years of studying l- legal um, and law and dealing with it and spending money on it, started started to have some sense of it. And I thought, okay, I guess you could do uh, a, a this kind of system. And then I started to figure out, oh my God, Fortune one thousand companies are doing this system already. They are they're already doing this system. It just takes a million dollars worth of research and time and you know, legal work plus technological front-end work to make dynamic equity or uh, per, you know, uh, performance equity, they call it different things. But you, what it is, is you can have equity that you tie to some kind of a front-end so people can see the equity. And so they can say, that's what I own. Instead of thinking about the legal doc they signed this in a corner in a drawer somewhere that they don't really know what it is, they're thinking about the equity being visualized in a system. And they get more of it if they do these things. And that makes it really clear what to do, and it makes it really uh, believable, because you're seeing it every day and you're being reminded of it, and it must be real if the company's reminding you of it all the time. And so that, once I learned about that, I was like, oh, that's how Fortune 1000 companies are doing so well in many ways. They're really able to make the value of the equity known. What would it be like if every company could do that? That would be really cool, that would be like, we. you know creating game dynamics within company building or at least creating more more egalitarian companies where people believe in this in, in equity and believe that they're part of this mission so got to work um, starting uh, got to work building this we built it as a minimal viable product into wonder we saved billions of dollars we did in, in the two million dollars we spent we probably did about six to seven million dollars worth of work uh, because people were willing to take more, more um, more equity in lieu of cash. Uh, that was huge, and it just was such an alignment tool. People would argue about what we should be doing in a healthy way, because they really care. They really care about where we're going. And that, to me, is just, that's gold. That's what you want. That's what you dream of. That people are arguing for the right reasons, Okay. Right? Yeah, so, um, and once we started to have that experience and see that this was really working, we just, made, we did it with some Google spreadsheets. And then $20,000 worth of legal backend. I had to finally find, I kind of haggle with some attorneys and get that $50,000 they wanted to charge down to about twenty, And then I was able to get the money together to, to, to put that in place. And it was so powerful, was just experiencing how hard people work, worked when they, when they could see their ownership in real time. So then we gave it to one of our, uh, somebody else, a, a company that we, we considered hiring a guy to work on a project. But then he built a company and said, I really like that thing you made. Can I try it? Say, sure, go for it. So we gave him all the docs, and we gave him the um, the uh, spreadsheets, and his team. Now he has twenty people working on it uh, from all around the world. And th- we just last year decided this is getting so, this is looking so good and so powerful, it's helping people so much. And all, some of the other companies that we give it to, we said we have to productize. This. So we decided to um, to turn it into something real, not just Google spreadsheets, and really upgrade the legal docs. So we spent. A um, year, last year, doing that, and uh, we then we raised one hundred fifty thousand from friends and family, and then two hundred thousand dollars from Founders Fund, which is pretty amazing. Founders Fund is one of the top firms, and they, um, top VCs out there, they uh, that was huge for us. And now we've just really polished, and now we're we're just coming out of stealth right now. We're ready to share this with the world. So you're one of the first people I've talked to uh, about about Massly. So. Yeah, it's super exciting to feel this thing, this rocket ship shaking, and we're ready to take off. Um, our team is just freaking excited right now. So that's nastly. Nastly is, you know, how do you share equity super easily with, with any group of people? Um, at pre-formation in 60 countries of the world. How do you, and not, not do you have, and we don't want to do that in a way that's like static. That you sign these docs and they go in a closet, and how inspiring is that? You wanna see dynamic. You wanna see it like people can see what they own, they believe it, they're signing the legal docs online, it's all electronic, and people, are, people, can, people, people can see it in a transparent way. That's Massly. Super excited. Anyway, that's what I'm working
0: on right now. Uh, you know, thanks for sharing and uh, it's definitely an honor uh, to be one of the first people that you're sharing this with publicly and I look forward to the, the, the growth of, uh, you know, uh, Wonder and Massly. Um, so I'm curious to know, uh, what is your vision going forward? Uh, you've built up Cowsurfing and then Wonder and then Massly. Uh, so here we are in July of 2017 at the time of recording this interview. What is your vision uh, for the future in terms of your life and your business?
1: Well, thank you for asking. Not many people ask about that. Um, so I would say that for me, I have various projects going on and I'm really proud of all of them. And it's for me, it's about keeping keeping them going and uh, making them successful. And if these projects would all be even more successful in my lifetime, I would be extremely happy. I'm already very happy about Couchsurfing, very thankful to everything that Couchsurfing has brought to people and myself. they the best friends and my best friends of my life through, through Couchsurfing. Um, that people I'll know forever. Wow. Super super awesome adventures of my lifetime. I already feel like I've lived a lifetime doing <laughs> couch surfing. Um, and, and I I through Massly, I really I want Massly to take off and to be able to give people that opportunity to share their, their passions. I mean, people need this. We need this. We need to be able to more easily share our companies instead of operating in scarcity mode um, and then operating without cash and we can't even afford lawyers to be to be able to get a team together and do something powerful like we need this founders, we, we want to do this stuff together. So that I'm super excited that that's starting to take off now. And the book I think is a g- just gonna be a great story. I, I think, I foresee the book, we're gonna finish finish up crowdfunding that. And um, that will be fun to get, do all the interviews and bring all the, the controversial stories together. I wanna, cause I mean, a lot of the story of is controversial. Uh, many sides to the story, people disagreeing on everything. So I think there's kind of the meta story there is that we're all so different. Uh, As long as, as long as, as much as we're like, hey, we're the same. We're all humans. We have the human struggle. Sure, we do, and we're different. So um, it's important to remember that, and then to have compassion for each other. You know, the struggles that we have, and and uh, remember that we are different. So it takes a little extra work to take a deep breath, and uh, and um, like to ponder people's perspectives a little bit and, and feel that, so. Um, so, if, if, you know, I, I'm hoping, I'm praying that, that these projects will um, continue and that they will be successful. You know, and uh, that they will have impact in the world and we'll be able to create the world we want to live in. That's kind of the way I look at it, it's like, why wait?
0: Why not just create the world I want to live in today? Absolutely. That's the best way to live is to, uh, to be the change that you want to see in the world, as Gandhi says, right? Uh, so you're doing it already. So con- congratulations for what you've accomplished. Uh, to end off the interview, I'd love to hear a little bit about your travels, too. Uh, on our show, we usually cover the business and the travels. And we've heard about the travel from a business sense. But I'd love to hear just about your personal travel journeys uh, You know, in the last few decades. Tell us about some of your highlights in terms of the cities, countries, continents, any particular experience or memory stick out that you want to share with the audience today, Casey?
1: Sure, why not? Uh, I was just telling you recently, it was just in Easter Island. Um, Easter Island got a new satellite dish installed that is like a, a, kind of a low-altitude satellite and so it's like fiber-optic speeds and like low latency, 300-millisecond latency ping to Google from there. Like crazy stuff. And so I, when I went there, I was able to get a SIM card and I was able to get like five megabits down and three megabits up And I'm just like, on my phone, I'm just doing work. I'm hiking the island, hiking everywhere. And it's kind of an augmented reality experience where I've got my phone, and I'm like working on my Google Docs, editing stuff, and sending messages and talking. And I'm just walking through this incredible landscape. And I'm in the end of the world uh, doing this. I'm mixing work, but epic views and hiking. And I just couldn't have been happier because I was, you know, working on stuff I like, but just I love, I love the, uh, the remote, extreme epic, feeling just out there, and to to feel like in a couple years every island, every place on earth is gonna have this. It's kind of cool and kind of scary too, but I think it's kind of cool. Um, At least for a little while it will be. Uh, It'll be kind of cool. Uh, So I'm excited that I can, I've just gotten to the point where I'm almost able to work from anywhere. I I don't open my laptop in like two weeks, and um, I'm doing everything just from my phone. So walking on the trail, and doing stuff on my phone, so that was kind of a cool experience recently. Um, I'm trying to think of another, another, uh, another cool, cool couchsurfing story that you might like. Um, uh, well, recently, you know, I couchsurfed work a lot. Like lately, it's kind of fun. Um, and I know you said you want to hear about just what it's like for me, but this is kind of what my life is like right now. It's mm-hmm. like I'm mixing work and and uh, business at the same time. It's, it's really perfect, especially when you're working on a project you love. I mean, why not? I don't, I don't have any problem with that. If you're passionate about it, do get it. Um, so, you know, couch here in Playa Carmen with my brother is really fun. He's, he just rented a three bedroom here for $700 for a few months, it's right near the beach. Um, and we just work 14 hours a day, and then, you know, tomorrow we'll go out and take walks on the beach and do that stuff. In um, this big couch community here, I was able to go out, they have a Monday meeting and go out and hang out with everybody. It's so fun to just go walk into a random meeting and be like, hey, what's up? And uh, just hang out with folks, that's cool. Um, well, it's, uh, yeah, recently I was couch with some friends, uh, old friends, like people I used to know from a long time ago in Munich. And I stayed with them for a few days. That was really cool. Got to, and he, he, the guy, he was a, um, a startup uh, CEO. So we got to talk startup stuff like all the time. So he's like, hey, I have a question. Hey, I have a question, I have a question. Uh, it was kind of fun to play um you know surfer mentor uh, a little bit um, and then uh recently where else was I staying um I don't know, just, I'm always staying somewhere I said couch surfing up in um in Oslo uh, that was fun staying with people up there I'm going to be couch surfing in um Ukraine next week now uh, that's in in the president's old castle or something like I don't understand exactly something like that Uh, there's a conference there and I'm going to be speaking at connect Ukraine Uh, so it's always something (laughs) I'm staying entertained
0: life is pretty interesting I'm interested awesome Uh, you know it's been a joy to have you on the show Uh, thanks for sharing about uh, the whole couch surfing story and I know it's not the whole couch surfing story you gotta actually buy the book to get the whole insider's glimpse into uh, the foundation and the early startup years of couchsurfing. Uh, thanks for sharing about Wonder and Masly and about your own travels. Uh, so to end off with, uh, how can people connect with you if they wanted to find out more about couchsurfing, about the book, about your projects, Wonder and Masley, and anything else you want to share? Yeah, just go to
1: caseyfenton.com, C-A-S-E-Y-F-E-N-T-O-N.com. Just go to my personal website, and you can email me through there
0: or click on any one of my projects awesome sounds good and I'll have those links below so you can actually just click through you don't have to google anything like that and please
1: do go to the and and sign up there I'd really love for people to join the uh, Facebook group or the, um, the uh, email list very much appreciate that
0: yeah h- highly encourage everyone watching to actually support uh, this amazing uh, couchsurfing uh, project uh, the next stage uh, the book stage and uh, you know, uh, if you are interested in the founder's perspective, uh, you know he is going to reveal it all in there, and uh, even more than he shared in the interview today. Some of the the conflicts, some of the struggles, and uh, um, some of the stuff okay. you don't hear.
1: I have talked about nothing. Okay?
0: There's the stuff. The stuff in there is
1: crazy. <laughs> so uh, I need to, We need to bring this story to um, the world, and and it, I want to write this story in a way that doesn't make anybody right or wrong like that. It's it's like we're all trying so hard we all care we all have our perspectives and to, to think of it like that through that lens is like so eye opening um, that it's it just it's just powerful uh, and so that's a story that I want to bring across that that, that there's nobody right or wrong it's, it's just like everybody's got a real a real feeling a real situation happening right now and everything is on fire
0: you know yeah that's what we're doing Exciting times, exciting times, Casey. Uh, Thanks, my friend. Uh, Thanks for being on the show today. Uh, Best of luck to you over there in Mexico, and best of luck to you in your projects and in your life and in your business and in your travels.
1: Thank you very much, and I hope to catch catch you in person one of these days soon, maybe down in uh, South America where you're at.
0: Yeah, I'm actually in Medellin, Colombia. Uh, so who knows? Uh, we live in a small world, even though it's a big one. And uh, the couch community, even though it's 10 million strong, it is small and intimate as well. So look forward to catching you in real life as well, IRL. All right, see you soon. See you soon. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Digital Women Mastery. What a joy and a pleasure to interview the founder of the biggest travel community in the entire world. Couchsurfing.com. Thanks, Casey. And make sure you check out caseyfenton.com, couchsurfing.com, the thecouchsurfingstory.com, and the links to Masley and Wonder. Uh, so happy couchsurfing, everyone. And right. thanks for tuning into this episode. We'll catch up with you soon. Maybe on your couch.